1: It's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan.
2: Welcome to the Buck Baloo Show, live in the Battery Atlanta, home of the Atlanta Braves. As we get ready to get to work a couple of minutes late today, I don't have minutes to, to be on late. 42 minutes of content? I need all 42 to get it squeezed in. You think that show before you that has multiple hours could just like, show you some respect? I mean, seriously. My goodness, guys. Come on, home team. That voice was Adam Gillespie, the producer of this fine show. Derek Thomas ready to go as the engineer. As we got a lot, of get, a lot to get to, and we've got a shorter time Today to get to it.
1: Fuck's big take.
2: All right, the Braves game was so much better than that debate last night. We got to see history made with Ronald Acuna Jr. accomplishing a feat never done before in over a hundred years of professional baseball. Our guy, Ronald Acuna Jr. broke the barrier and hit the forty seventy mark in a victory which made it fun. And those two stolen bases were huge in getting, getting the W. I so admire the way Acuna's played the game this season. He showed up every single day motivated to play at his very best. Ronald was a man on a mission from day one this season. And he also took his game to a whole new level by making a decision during the offseason apparently to hit the pitch thrown middle away opposite field. And this totally unlocked the full potential. Check the results. Acuna is hitting 60 points higher with this approach. He cut his strikeout rate down to 11.3%, the best in his career Prior to the season, was 23.7. His hard hit rate is up, and so is his exit velocity. He has a top 10 quality contact rate on four, count them, four different pitches. He's on base more, and obviously he's stealing more. Clearly, Ronald is the most valuable player in the National League. No one has ever reached this 40-70 mark. And do I need to mention he plays on the best team in baseball? Bill Plasky, you're an idiot. His focus, not Plasky. Talking about Acuna. Acuna's focus, determination, and relentless approach took his skill set to a level no one else in baseball could reach. It's the most amazing season I've ever witnessed. Now, go get that World Series championship you missed out on two years ago, Ronald. Go add to a season none of us will ever forget. Ronald Acuna Jr., you are the best player in the world today. And the Braves might be having a meeting right now, the Brass, talking about rewarding Ronald Acuna Jr. with a contract extension, which he certainly deserves.
3: Pay that man his money.
2: And when you look at market value, he's making like half what the market value is. If he's earned a contract extension with big money, then you've seen it this year. And as far as the Cubs announcers go, uh, you know, saying they complaining about the game going on, uh, delayed too long to let Ronald pull that second base out. I can say that, right? I mean, they're a bunch of jerks. I mean, what it is is the Cubs announcers, they are just devastated that they've given away or watched two games slip away the first two games of this series. And now the Cubs are on the brink of not being in the postseason. So that's what, that, that's what is, uh, that's all about, that criticism, frustration with the Cubs announcers. I hope Fran Coor goes in there and takes a swing at him today.
4: Maybe just a little, the pregame meal out in the uh, press box. Just yeah, take a swing at him. Just wipe or just knock their tray of food right
2: off the table, right? Hey, let's hear a little of the flavor from the postgame scene last night. Let's hear from Snit talking about Acuna's 70th stolen
3: base. That's awesome, you know. I'm sure, I I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh my God, it was number one, just a base hit to tie the game was a nasty, nasty pitch that he hit, <clears throat> and to get that bag and score the win and run. I mean, it's about as you can't take any farther than that. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. And I thought it was great the way he picked the bag up and show. I think the fans had to love that, and we all did. I know it was really because it's a special in the moment. And he might be the only human that can break his own records, too.
2: Yeah, and uh, I need to mention, too, what a horrendous call that was that got Snit thrown out of the game last night. I mean, have you ever seen a worse call than that? I thought Angel Hernandez must have been oh. behind the plate seeing that one.
4: No, but no, Buck, I've never, I've never seen that I before. mean, that is, that, are you telling ball. me that none
2: of the other umpires saw the contact or, with
4: the bat? Or heard it. Uh, yeah, I guess they thought it was going off the, the ump's uh, leg. I, no, I've never seen a, a foul yeah. ball called a wild pitch. Buck, I just want to mention what what Snick came. I'm so glad this this 70th stolen base, you know, didn't come in a blowout or or, or when it was unnecessary. It was a it was a necessary st- stolen base, stealing second with 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 an out with one out there in the bottom of the 10th, and then Ozzy just coming right through. Yeah, let's hear from Ozzy after the ball
1: game, talking about that walk-off hit. Yeah, I told myself, I need, to get, I need to come through right here. Base it, whatever it is. And I'm happy I came through in the right spot
3: and we won that game.
1: Every freaking
2: day, Buck. Yeah, Ozzy's amazing. I mean, the energy, the positive energy that Ozzy brings to the ballpark every single day, you can't put a price tag on that. He's another one. They need to tear up his contract. And give him a contract extension uh, where he's getting paid a little closer to market value. They've got a steal in what Ozzy's done.
4: Slowly, quietly becoming one of the better one of the better uh, second basemen than we've seen in a long time. You know, you got a lot of uh,
2: Braves players that could be your favorite player. Mine is Ozzie Albies. Oh, it has been for a while. I'm, I'm glad you're man. on,
4: Buck. There you go. <laughs> well, Ozzy is the man.
2: Let's hear from Snitt talking about capturing the National
3: League home field edge. It'd be great if we get past the first round. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, um, <clears throat> no, I think it's good. As, as we've seen. Um, you know, especially you know, I think we had it in 21 against the Dodgers, which is big. I mean, you play a team like that, you you want to play as many games as you can here. I think that'd be any any anybody you play. You would you know, we want to play as many games here as we can, and now we've you know secured that that opportunity.
2: Tell you, these two games with the Cubs have really, as far as I'm concerned, it felt like postseason play because it was a roller coaster ride, man. I mean. Game one, I was all upset through the first part of the game. I was tweeting out stuff that didn't age well. And then we come back and win the ballgame. How about this crowd? And then last night, my goodness, what are we down? Uh, 3-1 heading to the bottom of the seventh inning. I'm thinking, here we are, dead in the water again. And we score in the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, and the tenth. Uh, Really amazing. I mean, this is uh, it's it's getting us ready for the postseason, brother. That's what it's doing. It's getting us ready. Top of the lineup: Acuna and Ozzy, five for ten, three runs and four RBI. Uh, uh, how about Ozuna with that uh, that home run in the bottom of the ninth, tie of the game. Talk about clutch! Man, I am so glad the Braves didn't get rid of him earlier this season when he was struggling. And I'm going to admit too, I was I was uh, totally. Uh, I may have been uh, cursing a little bit at Kirby Yates with the walk and then the hit batter and then the cheap uh, hit, wiped the blood off that one, uh, put the Cubs ahead again. uh, Can you forgive me, Kirby? Yates. And a shout-out to Darius Vines, too. A really nice start for him last night. So it's fun, man. Cubs, I understand why the Cubs are upset, but it is a great time to be a Braves fan. Got to see uh, Mr. McGurk at Dunkin' Donuts this morning and uh, talk about what a great job they are doing with our Atlanta Braves. He didn't understand the criticism about stopping the game for, what, 15 to 20 seconds? It seemed like for Acuna to be recognized for what he's done, first guy to ever do it in baseball. Mr. McGurk didn't understand it either. So uh, we got a lot of football to get to, and we're going to do it when we come back. I uh, spent some extra time yesterday doing some video analysis of the Auburn Tigers. I'm going to tell you what I found out coming up next. Plus, Bulldog inside linebacker, Dumas Johnson, Pops, they call him, will join me for the roundtable at 35. Got the Buck show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7.
3: Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.
2: Got the buck Blue show on the fan 680 and 937. We're streaming at 680thefan.com. Click and watch. Get that Fan Mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota of Coming, Beaver Direct. Fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Let them wow you, Beaver Toyota in Coming. So we get the Ryder Cup underway uh, early in the morning time overnight they've got the opening ceremonies going on today dt i am totally stoked about seeing the ryder cup this are you gonna
4: are you how much of this will you actually watch uh this morning essentially tonight what what one o'clock we get going or something like that i'll let you know (laughs) i'm so tempted to stay up buck but i think i'll just try and maybe get up a little earlier tomorrow tomorrow we'll know the reason i'll be catching up just a little bit hey in our coverage of
2: the 44th ryder cup from Rome, Italy, is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore, Clicky's Golf Carts, and uh, TopDressing.com. As a matter of fact, uh, we got the green card up for sale too, right now, too. The best deal of the year. Six of the area's top courses for one low price of $199. We're going to hook you up, man. $470 value for just $199. Quantities are limited. So you better get it before they're sold out. You can do that at 680thefan.com.
1: The best in college football and the NFL. No, presented no, no. by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Three All right, The, Three yeah, the, one, one, the
2: uh, perfect show.
1: Hey, you ready for this, Buck? That is the next
2: element on the show. We'll do that again in a couple of minutes. All right, let's do that. All right. Right now, I want to talk about Georgia and Auburn. Deep South's oldest rivalry. And yesterday after the show, I uh, was sticking around a little longer than normal. And I was doing some video analysis on the Auburn Tigers yesterday after the show. And Brian Hoyt was getting ready for his shows coming up. And, boy, he couldn't help but to join in with this video analysis. Look, the, the deal is, Blue, what are you doing? Well, look, as an ex-quarterback, a film study is just in your blood. I mean, if you're not doing it before some of these big games, then... Well, you probably didn't play at a very high level. So I'm doing the video analysis until Chernoff came in and said he needed the computer. And then I had to stop with the film study, but I'd pretty much finished up what I needed to see. And here's what I saw. Look, I am not impressed with the overall play of the Auburn Tigers. They've got some good talent, don't get me wrong, they've got some talent. But they're, they're not playing uh, cohesively on offense and defense. And there's a good reason for that. You see Hugh Freeze, first-year head coach, and they brought in, other than Colorado and prime, Auburn's got to be leading or number two in, in college football in transfers. And here's the impact. The Auburn Tigers team this season, On offense and defense, 15 of the 22 starters are transfers. 15 of 22. And they've only played four games together. Looking at the Georgia offense playing the Auburn defense and watching and studying yesterday the Tigers front seven, they appear to be a little soft against the run. Now, let, let me take away the little part. They appear to be soft against the run. Do I sound like Pat Dye? You remember a few years ago before Coach Dye passed away, he was saying, uh, Georgia's not tough enough to beat Auburn. Does it sound a little bit like that? Are you giving those Tigers some bulletin board material? Uh, I don't care. I'm just telling you, we keep it real on this show. That's what we do. I didn't say I disagreed with you, Buck. Yeah. Tigers front seven appears to be soft against the run game. As a matter of fact, even their cornerbacks don't want to come up and support the run. I'm expecting Dejan Edwards to have a big game. I'm talking 150, somewhere around there. 150 yards. Look for the and dogs. And boom goes the dynamite. Look for the dogs O-line to bully these guys around. And then when the Tigers try to load up against the Georgia running game to slow it down, that's when Carson Beck and Brock Bowers and the wide receivers respond by hitting some explosive plays in the passing game. Beck has made a lot of good quick decisions so far this season. He's protecting the football. Ball gets out quick. And I know what you're thinking, Blue. Uh, there's some unknown on how uh, what his performance level is going to be in an SEC road game. Yeah, and I understand that part of it. And look, there's been a lot of talk this week about Jordan-Hare Stadium and how that Auburn fan base and the atmosphere is electric. And you know, I played over there twice. And let me tell you what the key is to getting rid of the Auburn atmosphere is you hit them in the mouth early in the game. Something Georgia hasn't really been shown that they can do. Well, they did last week. Well, they did one play, and then they disappeared for a couple drives. Hit them in the mouth early in the game. And you know what? Suddenly the Tiger fan base isn't so loud. Bottom line, Auburn's in transition. The dogs are elite. Let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. Georgia's defense against the Auburn offense. Expect to see the Georgia defense shut this Auburn offense down. Tigers right now are one-dimensional offensively. Their passing game is the worst in the SEC. They're a run offense only at this point in time in the season. And you might think, well, you know, Buck, the dogs appear to be a little vulnerable against the run. And let me respond to that by saying that through these first four games, Georgia has emptied the bench. Last week, I believe it was, they had like 30 different guys making a tackle. And now that they've headed into SEC play, I know they've already played South Carolina. But heading into seven-game run through the SEC, you're going to see the Georgia starters on defense playing so many more snaps than they did against the three teams that I was calling exhibition games. You're going to see the real Georgia defense showing up in this game. Georgia be playing most of the starters the entire game defensively. So my prediction on this one I'm going to normally we do this on Friday. I'm going to go ahead and do it today. I've got a minimum of Georgia winning 27 to 6. I believe the line is what 14 to 17 somewhere in there. The uh only way this game is close is if Georgia turns the ball over 3 to
4: 4 times. I'm with you, Buck. Yeah, this, this line isn't quite as big as, uh, as I would have expected. And you're, when you talk about not, be, not being able to stop the run and then not being able to throw the ball, it's really not a good formula for winning games in the SEC. Yeah, we'll see.
2: Uh, the line right now, as I understand, it's 14-and-a-half.
4: It's so funny. 27-to-6. It's funny how that doesn't seem like a very big line, even in an SEC game, from, based on what Georgia's done these last I couple years. think you're going to see Georgia play their best game of the
2: season. So if you're a dog fan heading over to the Plains, you should uh, get ready to enjoy yourself. It's going to be good. Speaking of enjoying yourself at a Georgia game, 680 Harris Tailgate Central Series returns to Athens next week for another free tailgate. You can join Atlanta Sports Station Saturday. That is October the 7th before Georgia takes on... Uh, the fraud, the Kentucky Wildcats, for a huge free tailgate in Athens. Party's going to start at 3.30. we got a prime location. They're right next to the Classic Center on Thomas Street in East Clayton. We're going to have complimentary libations from Corona, Jim Beam, the long drink. Free food from Bojangles is Bo time. And then live music from all that. Thanks to Harris Cherokee Casino and Resort, Batteries Plus, the long drink. Jim Beam, Corona, Body Armor, Flash IV, and our friends at Dupree Plumbing. Get your free tickets right now at 680thefan.com slash central. And remember, you got to be 21 or older to go and party down. All right,
4: let's try again, Buck.
1: Yeah, let's do it. The best in college football and the NFL. Five, five, four. Woo! top five presented by your locally owned and operated ace hardware find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com Woo! all right the top five
4: what if i had six nuggets instead of five you know it's funny because it used to be six nuggets and now you only get five it's really it's, it's really disappointing mcdonald mickey d's some of those places now Everything's smaller. is that really chicken they've Wendy's. got in there it's a chicken product yeah here.
2: Uh, Well, let's see here. I I apologized uh, to the morning show, our resident Miami Hurricane fan, John Michaels, this morning. Because yesterday he was talking about Tyler Van Dyke, how the Falcons were going to take him with a first-round pick. And I was sort (laughs) of, I was laughing at that one. And then last night during some, uh, doing some show prep, we actually do that on this show. We're not winging it. I pulled up this week's college football total QBR and noticed that Tyler Van Dyke was near the top of the heat. And I saw where Pro Football Focus graded him out at 95.8, which would rank him the number one quarterback in college football. Number two is Michael Penix, who I believe is number one in the total QBR. He's also your favorite to win the Heisman, too, Mark. Yeah, I like watching this guy throw the football, he's man. He's, I mean, it, he a throws weapon. a perfect spiral. Penix does every single time, it seems. Checking out Dub because of it. So, yeah, um, Tyler Van Dyke's playing well, and so is Michael Penix. By the way, Penix, uh, the surprise on Penix is that, and I saw this with Pro Football Focus that Pennix is number one in college football with the play-action, run-action fakes. Number one with the run-action fakes, which is a surprise because the Huskies are 99th in college football and in, in rushing. Yeah, and rushing. 99th. So I'm a little surprised people are biting on the run-action fake. All right, uh, Georgia's most impressive player on defense. See, I thought it was Pops. Turns out a safety Malachi Starks. He plays the run tough. He plays the pass tough. This guy's all over the field, which that free safety spots allows him to do this. Pro Football Focus has graded him out at 91. And they also have Warren Brinson, defensive tackle for Georgia, rated number two defensive tackle in college football. They got some guys playing at a high level over there on defense. How about North Carolina football, man? 4-0 for the first time. Uh, get this. Wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. 26 years. Was the last 26 years ago the last time they were 4-0. and How about those Tar Heels? And here's something for Tech, all right? Georgia Tech football. Do you know they're running the ball better than the University of Georgia's running the football? How about Tech? How about Tech, man? They're averaging 5.1 yards per carry. 192 yards rushing a game. Is that five?
1: Yeah, there's the top five right there. top five on 680 The Fan. Atlanta's sports station.
2: Hey, we're going to give away two tickets to go see Tim McGraw. He's coming to State Farm Arena on June 14th. So we'll give uh, two of those tickets away right now, 404-231-1680, the number. Tickets go on sale tomorrow at com. So you want to go see McGraw, go to com. If you don't win the tickets today or tomorrow, listen to me all week and get your two free tickets See Tim McGraw June 14th at State Farm Arena.
1: The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the Dogs, And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25-20, 45-15, 10. Dog roundtable is proudly presented by georgia's own credit union georgia pack and load finley roofing and by attorney ken nugent
3: and that's going to be the ball game
1: georgia will win this ball game. only on the fan 680 and 93.7 fm
2: let's talk a little georgia auburn football with bulldog linebacker jamon dumas johnson he joins us on the hobson and hobson newsmaker line so Pop's going to dive into SEC play this week. Uh, again, a trip to
5: Auburn. What do you remember about
2: the trip two years ago?
5: The trip two years ago? I was a freshman then. Yeah, man. So uh, <laughs> be on the sideline, man, probably one of the most intense atmospheres I ever played in besides, you know, besides Sanford Stadium.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt these Auburn fans they, they they love their football. How much do you love these challenges of going on the road in the SEC and getting the job done?
5: Um, definitely fun, definitely fun. Going to someone else's houses, <coughs> going to someone else's house, and um, getting a W. What Excuse you, me you for that one?
2: Yeah, yeah. What are your expectations going into this one over there? For the defense,
5: definitely getting a shutout. You know, I want to shut out someone, at, someone else's house more more than my own house. But just just letting the defense do what we do: roll, communicate, hit, run around, um, turn the ball over, just basically fly around and have fun. I want to see smiles on my uh, my defense' face at the at the end of the game.
2: Right with these three out of conference games at home. Uh, to get the season started. You guys have been playing a lot of people on defense, and I, I'm sure that really helps building the quality depth and mm-hmm. uh, get to play a lot of people. I think you had 29 guys get a tackle against UAB. So you anxious to go out there again like you did against Carolina and play pretty much the entire game?
5: Oh, yeah, sure. Um, definitely looking forward to being out with them guys and um, playing a full-quarter game. You know That's what we came here for. We didn't came here. We didn't come here for the for the, um, the easy matchups. Came here for games like Auburn and South Carolina, and you know all the all the all the big teams, all the SEC teams. All right, so
2: Auburn they got a new head coach. They got a new offense. They're, sure. they're playing two quarterbacks. One is supposedly the thrower. The other the runner. Mm-hmm. So what what are you uh, what are you thinking about this matchup?
5: Uh, you know we they have <clears throat> two uh, QBs. Um, two of them is different. No. They they complement each other. One's a runner, one's a thrower. Um, Doesn't that help though? You know what they're gonna do for the most part. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that splits. You know that splits your IQ up. Um, that's like that's like you saying that's like you having Tom Brady and Cam Newton on the field. You know Cam Newton's the runner, so you can right. play mostly run or alert run. And um, Tom Brady, you know you can sag off because you know he's mostly a thrower and he only gonna run if he has to run. So it definitely, um, splits our, you know our game plans down. Not the game plan, but how you thinking of the QB and thinking of what plays you're going to get based off the quarterback.
2: All right, look back to Saturday. Were, were you annoyed or irritated? You guys gave up 21 points in the game. How how do you feel about that?
5: Yes, sir. Definitely heard about that. Definitely heard about the score. Um, that's not accessible here. And, you know, only thing you could do is just really just go to work and try your best to not let that happen again. You know, get on your team, you know, prepare the way you want to play. And um, I don't think we had a that that dominant practice of where I knew I was going to give that many up. Um, really, you got to focus this week and you know give it our all because this week definitely is one of the weeks that we got to come out strong.
2: Tell you what, I, one of the things I really appreciate about your game and what you bring to the table is is this ability to get down guys hard. I mean, you're a physical tackler out there, and mm-hmm. how did you develop that? Is that Something you developed in high school or along the way? Or was this something you always had in you?
5: No, sir. Never had it in me. <laughs> no, sir. So, my, I'm going to tell you a little story. My whole career, my whole football career, I was a running back. And um, I had a twin brother. I have a twin brother. And I play offense. He played defense. He was the defensive phase. I was the offensive phase. Growing up, I always play offense. He always played defense. And I never liked the defense. You know, when you're growing up, you play, if you're a running back, you play middle linebacker. Yeah, for me, that wasn't the case. (laughs) I was not tackling the soul growing up. (laughs) But going to high school, I went to a private high school in um, St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, Maryland, where uh, I had a linebacker named Aaron Willis beside me. And really, watching him hit, he hit like a missile. I mean, when when you talk about a baby Ray Lewis, he hit like Ray Lewis at the age of 15, 16 in high school. So watch him every day in practice hitting, and I, I'm like, damn, I don't, I don't know how to hit like him. Like, I don't know how to hit at all. I don't know how to tackle. He was a good role model for you. Basically a good role model. He played right beside me, you know, and one day in the game, I, I hit somebody. I'm like, damn, I, I really thought about him. I thought he hit him, but it was really me. <laughs> so ever since then, I just been I became a linebacker, and I didn't really start playing linebacker until my junior year of high school. I didn't, And I didn't play my senior year of high school, so I only played one year of high school linebacker. So he really showed me how to hit.
2: Well, you've got it down, Pat, brother. You keep on doing what you're doing here. So, How did the uh, the attraction to Georgia during the recruiting process, uh, how did that come about?
5: Um, yeah, recruiting was uh, slow. Not really slow, but towards the end it was going slow. Um, Georgia came in my last few offers, probably like my last six, seven offers. And uh, I know once I got once I got that offer, you know, I, I knew I was going to go there just based on the, what they've been doing with the linebackers, just throwing them in the league and, you know, things like that, you know. Really, that's it. You know, I, I knew Kirby Smart was the face of the Alabama defense, so it's not like I'm going somewhere that they don't know about defense. This man is probably one of the best defensive coaches in the business right now, but he's a head coach, and he got someone that's under him that's a guru as well.
2: Yeah, the uh, Glenn Schumann uh, inside linebacker coach, your your position coach. What uh, describe him? I mean, he gets uh you know some high uh, people are really high on him. What what are some of the things you like about playing for coach Schumann?
5: Well, I just said it right there. I say he's a guru. He's definitely a guru. Um the the preparation he puts us through is like no other. Um you know, teams run like thousands of plays you can say but uh the preparation he puts up through is the exact same plays that we get in the game and i say like how do you know what plays that they're going to run and somehow he always give us the exact same plays that they're running and i just think it i think it's special because he put his effort and time into the game plan and he, he put us in the right spots each and every day and we just got to go out there and execute because ultimately he's doing his job. So we got to, you know, do our part in our end as well. So, uh, you know, it, it's a blessing to have uh, two gurus in your corner and um, two defensive minor head coach I mean, or head, headed coaches in your, in your own corner to help you prepare for the game like that.
2: Man, I am not surprised at all. You guys have been among the the top defenses in college football over the last two plus seasons. The the way this coaching staff recruits, uh, so you get the talent in, and then this—I think this is the best defensive coaching staff in college football. Where you got Kirby, and you know, Coach Lanning was here. He moved on to Oregon. You got uh, Muschamp and Trey Scott, and you you got all these tremendous coaches over there. you got to feel coached up, right, going into these games.
5: Oh yeah, especially you know, especially you know this this rivalry been going on for years, and you know Coach Smart played here, and you know Coach uh, Mucham play here, so you know for them it's kind of a little personal.
2: Hey, well, best of luck against Auburn on Saturday, uh, Pops. We appreciate your time and insight, man. Thank you. Yeah, Pops joined us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line, and uh, always good catching up with some of these Georgia players. 10 o'clock hour on the fan brought to you by Dupree Plumbing. Uh, Go with the plumber I trust and score $50 off your next plumbing service. More information at dupreeplumbing.com. Coming up on the other side, uh, Falcons talk, how they match up with Jacksonville. I've got some thoughts. Got the Blue Show on the fan, 680 and 93.7.
0: This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. So Robert, I wanna thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position.
1: I don't understand.
2: show, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11, here on The Fan. And Chuck and Chernoff, they're out and about today, and join them as they broadcast live beginning at 2, from the Buffalo Wild Wings, Douglas, uh, Douglas Boulevard, in Douglasville for the Atlanta football feast. They're going to be eating it up, man. The fan promo team's going to be hanging out until 8 p.m. Walking you right up to kickoff with great prize giveaways, courtesy of More Than Sports. They're in a better place to be on Thursday nights, this football season, than at a Buffalo Wild Wings sports bar. Stop in today and go see Chuck and Chernoff today in Douglasville. All right, uh, ready to talk a little Falcons football. They leave for London today. I heard Finn uh, Finneran left yesterday. He wanted to get a head start on the boys see what pubs were going to be the best, that kind of thing. Finn uh, trying to do his due diligence. And I want to talk about the matchup a little bit. I'm uh, close to some Jaguars insiders. I know the play-by-play man really well, friends for a long time, Frank Frangie, down in Jacksonville, and uh, talked with some of the other uh, insiders down there over the last 48 hours, too, about this matchup. And so I wanted to break it down quickly. Uh, Atlanta offense last week, really disappointing. Uh, 2.2 yards per carry. And we're a run-first offense. 3.1 yards per pass completion. So 2.8 yards per play. Let's see you run three plays, you got a punt. Seven sacks allowed. Seven. My goodness. Let's hear from Ritter talking about he's, he's not blaming the offensive line for the protection issues.
5: Yeah, no, it's just calmness in the pocket, um, slowing down the feet. You know, the O-line actually did a great job. Um, you go back, there was a lot of times where they were one-on-one manned up and they did a great job of protecting. Uh, some of it was my footwork, whether I was sliding into it um, or, or, you know, just taking too long in my drop. Um, getting the ball out. So, um, you know, a lot of those things I'll take on me to be able to clean up, go out there, have better footwork, which we work every single day, um, and then, you know, talk about the patience, patience in the pocket, um, and, and, you know, just being subtle within it.
2: Jaguars' defense really solid against the run game so far. They're number seven in the NFL, allowing only 84 yards per game. So well, look for them to do a really good job against our run game. As far as Desmond Ritter goes, I know we're only a few games into the season, but he's projected. He's on Turred. pace. I can say that. No, no, time. no. I never called him that. Desmond Ritter is on pace to throw eleven touchdown passes this season. DT, is that how bad is that in your book? It's uh, below average in the National Football League, Buck. DT, I could throw eleven <laughs> right now. I wish I'd argue with you, but yeah, you probably could. All right, uh, the Atlanta defense, Nielsen. Uh, our new defensive coordinator, I really like what we're doing on defense. I like the way we play. He's really aggressive. I mean, with Nielsen, he's got this scheme that's all gas and no brakes. He's bringing it, man. And they've got a real opportunity to get after Trevor Lawrence. They've got uh, Jaguars have some offensive line issues that they have going on. The other problem the Jags have offensively is – Drops. I, I don't think that there may be one more team in the league that has more drops than the Jaguars do, and Ridley is a part of that. He's got to start catching the football. Now, we lost Troy Anderson, and he's been hyped up since we took him for his speed and athleticism, but I've just always seen a guy there that his, his instincts weren't real good. And maybe that would improve, you know, as his career goes on. But uh, I don't think you'll see a lot of drop-off in that linebacker position he's playing. I think we'll go with Nate Landman, second-year undrafted free agent, who's got better instincts than uh, Troy Anderson. So I I wouldn't look for a lot of drop-off there. I see the Jags maybe winning this one 24-13, something along those lines. Jags have spent a lot of time in London. So uh, we'll we'll have our picks of the week coming up tomorrow. What'd you say? I'm in a hurry. We got to go. Well, no, no, no. The show before me was three minutes late. I, Can I go
1: three minutes late? Let's get to the final word. Time for the final word, brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955. Yeah, high school football, huge in Georgia, obviously, and the Georgia
2: High School Association reportedly discussing a plan to have the private schools separated from the public schools from classes 3A to A, which would mean that the teams like Benedictine and Savannah, Blessed Trinity, Greater Atlanta Christian, Lovett, Marist, Pace, St. Pius, Westminster, and Woodward would not be real happy with this plan. And reports are if this plan goes into effect, they might break away from the Georgia High School Association. So stay tuned. This reclassification on the table is for 24 and 25. And uh, high school football, man, we got Roswell and Blessed Trinity going at it on Extra 106.3 coming up tomorrow night. And our Friday night football game of the week and the high school school board show presented by Johnny's New York Style Pizza. WNB Factory, Piedmont Urgent Care, and Fox 5 Atlanta. That's going to do it for me, Nick, and Chris up next. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody.
0: Thank you, bud. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation, like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable, mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.
1: The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1, smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olson.